Final hour of the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590. The Fan, Cuthbert and Forfar this morning. Blue Jays opening day at the new renovated Rogers Center with all the new amenities. Smells clean in there, too. I like a clean ballpark. Not a lot of beer seeping into the tile yet. If we're doing all senses, one of the things that I appreciated the most about the new ballpark is that, like, it smelled nice in the 200-level outfield. Mm-hmm. And I was crisp, a bit of, eh, It's kind of dingy before. It had been dingy. It was less dingy, far less dingy. Beautiful, in fact. Uh, and to discuss the new ballpark and opening night, Alec Manoa, and even Vladimir Guerrero Jr., maybe talking to extension with the Blue Jays before the season, is Shai Davidi, our Sportsnet MLB columnist and insider. Good morning, Shai. Good morning, guys. How's it going? Uh, pretty good. Thanks for coming on. Uh, let's go with Alec Manoa first. Lots to discuss this morning, but... Manoa is three starts into a season. It's been a little imprecise, I would say, to, to, to start things off. Uh, and I don't know if there's like a common theme here with big, big games. I pushed back a little bit when Ailish brought that up this morning. But it seems like something isn't particularly right with Alec Manoa right now. So what is he dealing with in terms of his, his mechanics, his performances, and uh, what he's been able to, to deliver Excuse me, for the Blue Jays to start the season? Yeah, I mean, three pretty uneven outings, right? You think about St. Louis, which was uncharacteristic in terms of uh, him taking some damage there. Then he goes and has a pretty good start against the Royals, gets deep into that one. And then last night was was strange, right? He had that second inning that nearly unraveled on him. And, you know, the inning starts with uh, Kiermaier robbing uh, Kerry Carpenter of a home run. Uh, the next, uh, I think it was the next six batters who reached, there was a three-run homer in there. He had a workout of a bases-loaded jam. Just just really uh, five walks in total in the outing. Just not right. And afterwards, I thought it was really interesting to hear him talk about how he was just battling himself a bit mentally on the mound, where he was worried about his mechanics and trying to fight through some some delivery issues. And he was thinking about that rather than competing and uh, his takeaway was that he just needs to, even if he's not feeling right in his delivery, he needs to just focus more on his delivery, uh, excuse me, on, on competing and, and put all the other stuff outside uh, aside. So he, he described himself as just sort of a, a work in progress right now, which isn't necessarily atypical at the beginning of the season. You want to come out of spring training, have everything, all, all your ducks in a line and you know, maybe you know, Alec Manoa is searching a little bit right now. And so not ideal for the Blue Jays because it feels like four-fifths of their rotation has some uncertainty to it right now. But the track record tells you that he's going to be okay. So I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't stress about it too much. So what does a pitcher do in this circumstance then? He's got three games under his under his belt, two of them obviously in very high stakes moments and ones that he is a guy that kind of like lives for those. You see on a social, you see when he talks, he's full of confidence. He's, he's certainly a guy that, that knows that this is a moment that he cares about as well. But what do you suggest that he does over the next little bit of time to reset and for his next start to, to kind of work through those things? Is it tweaks? Is it just like, hey, flush this one and once again get back out there with another level of confidence? It's more – Blue Jays have a process for it, and he talked about really working upon things between outings. And it's when you're playing catch on the days in between – 
doing things to get your body and into the positions that it needs to be in to pitch successfully. Uh, and then obviously during the side session, uh, three days afterwards, the one, that's where a lot of the work gets done off the mound and trying to replicate feel and, and search for, you know, those lost um, body points that, uh, you know, a pitcher has to hit. And then there may be watching video or, or checking some some advanced data in terms of where he's at physically to try to identify what's causing him to to just not be aligned properly. But this is this is pitching, right? These things come and go. Same thing for hitters, where hitters will at different times of the season lose rhythm. It's just when these things happen in the uh, in the first uh, right out of the gate, the first outings of the year, they always get magnified because the you just don't have the rest of the body of work to compare it against. So it's a full-on Kevin Kiermaier swoon fest. He loves the camera. The camera loves him. Uh, and there was some there was some pushback, though, when he signed. It was like, oh, fourth outfielder. We don't have to worry about this. A little extra defense off the bench. It's not a thing. Well, it is a thing. He's he's definitely the guy, and he's been a the, – the investment or the return on investment, rather, has been very, very impressive to start. Did we collectively underestimate the impact that Kevin Kiermaier would have in this ballpark for this team? I don't know about that. I think part of what was happening is what version of Kevin Kiermaier were you getting? Because he'd been a diminished player the past couple of years as he was fighting through the hip problems. And he's coming back from a pretty substantial surgery on his hips. And that he's playing like almost at his peak form. I'm not sure the Blue Jays knew they were getting that. And we also need to keep in mind it's been 11 games, right? There are going to be stretches where he struggles and it doesn't look the way that it does right now. But what we're seeing is that when he's healthy, he's still got that explosive athleticness, uh, athleticness and um, just the, the, the speed, the movements, the, the baseball IQ, the baseball sense is just, all that stuff is just through the roof and he can be a factor even when he's not hitting and you were, there are going to be portions of the season where he's not going to hit. He's not going to be as productive at the plate as he is right now, but there's a little play last night where uh, it was in the eighth inning and somebody hit a ball uh, into, I think it was Torkelson hit a ball into the left center field gap. He cut it off and just in one motion threw it back to the infield and made the play close at second base where 90% of other center fielders aren't even making that, uh, aren't even forcing the player to hustle there because he's just getting into the base. So the little things like that are how he's going to bring value to this team. And beyond this, the, the fence leaping catch that obviously grabs the attention. There's so many little things that he does that will make this team better and help this team in a number of different ways. And so that he's going to continue to have impact if he's healthy uh, and whether he hits or not. He certainly brought attention to the new center field wall that was obviously reduced uh, two feet, but still nonetheless a pretty incredible catch. Um, I wonder how your first impressions were of the way that the new the new ballpark uh, will play for the players. It was our first opportunity to see real live baseball happen. We saw the outfield and how fun it is for the fans, but what did you make of the on-field performance? 
Yeah, it's kind of funny, right? We were all wondering, is this going to turn into a bandbox and are going to be all these homers that, that weren't homers? And You know, five of the six homers last night are 100% clearing the fence last year, too. And the sixth one, the Bo Bichette one, uh, is at minimum off the wall last year. And, and maybe just because the fence was forward a touch that in right center field that, that it cleared. So uh, it didn't, it, you know, it, it's going to be a while before we can get a true read on, on how this park plays and whether it's different. But in terms of first impressions, like it's still still going to be a great place to hit. And the wall is going to create some interesting dynamics with, uh, with the new heights and the new angles. You, 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 uh, you saw Alejandro Kirk shoot one off the wall in right field, and uh, there was a little bit of uh, confusion on the base pass there as uh, – <laughs> the ball came back into play and uh, blue Jay blue Jay's third base coach, Louis Rivera almost needed like two extra hands because uh, Dalton Varsho and Brendan belt ended up pretty close together. And he's sending one guy and trying to get the other guy to stop at third base. And, uh, Brendan belt ended up misreading that and running back to second, but it's going to create some more interesting things on balls in play, which I think is going to be fun. And it, if they're going to be maybe a handful of extra home runs as a result of it, I don't think too many people will complain about that either. As it is with Kevin Kiermeyer, it's early for Zach Pop, but I think he stood out as one of the more impressive starts that we've seen uh, roster-wide with this Toronto Blue Jays team. It's been mop-up duty predominantly for him, but his numbers look great. And that pitch, that one that comes in on right-handed hitters, wow, does that look nasty. Um, because it's early and, you know, things are going to slow down a little bit for him, we expect. Um I wonder just like him as an asset, how he's viewed internally, what he means to the future of this franchise. Like what's the internal standing for Zach pop and is he exceeding expectations with his hot start? Yeah, I don't think he's exceeding expectations. I think he's meeting what they believe that he could be. And even when he was with the Marlins, it just, he looked, he looked for a while like a guy who was, I don't know if less is less than the sum of his parts is the right way to put it, but just someone who could be an, an absolute weapon with a you know high ninety sinker and and the slider that if sharpened up, which which it has, uh, could really just give him that second pitch that would make him a dynamic force. And to me, what's been really interesting is the role in which he's been used so far, and it's in the sort of mid part of the game where you need to to stop a rally one way or the other and just keep a ball game in line and he's done that a few times where he did that in St. Louis on uh, on opening day he did that uh, against the Angels on Friday he did it again yesterday where it's it's a few key outs making sure the score doesn't get out of hand and then keeps the ball game close enough for the offense to come back and 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 pull out a victory so that's a role that gets lost really easily because it's the middle part of the game and it isn't high leverage and isn't super sexy, but it's ended up being really important for the Blue Jays uh, so far. And I think the, the, the way that he's doing it, uh, if he keeps pitching this way, he could continue to find himself in, in moments of even more importance down the road. We've got Shai Davidi on the line, sports and MLB columnist and insider. So you wrote uh, a pretty telling and maybe start to the Vlad and Jay's contract discussions. You talked about this also yesterday on the broadcast. Um, what have you learned from 
the discussions that have maybe started or stopped so far with what Vlad had said, post saying that he wants to be here, which is a great start towards figuring out what's next for the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, I think that's obviously the key thing, right? When a player wants to commit to a city that's and 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 is is confident enough to to put it out there, that's obviously a great sign for the team and and a great sign for for the chances of something getting done. But it doesn't seem like things got you know in Vlad's words too serious, and you know what that means. I think only he and the Blue Jays know right now. But the fact that, look, this this is a complicated needle to thread for both sides, right? Because Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is making $14.5 million in his second year of arbitration this year. Assuming he he continues on the trajectory, excuse me, on the trajectory that he's on right now, he's going to be making probably... 45 to 50 million dollars over the next two years of his final two years of arbitration so that's like a pretty good base of money and it's got to be a good contract number to buy a player out of free agency at that point and he's got almost this this money the next two years that are insurance for him uh, in case something happens uh, physically or a decline that he's got that money more or less in the bank so it has to be a big number to buy him out of the deal and then you look at some of the other extensions that have happened, you think Raphael Devers, you know, getting 300 and uh, 300 plus million from the Red Sox. Uh, You look at some of the free agent deals that are out there and Fernando Tatis, the the extension from a few years back, I think Vladimir Guerrero is probably looking in those types of areas. That would be my guess at least. And, is that a number that the Blue Jays want to get to? That's it's, it's a really substantial figure. So uh, there are some challenges in, in sort of locking it down, but the fact that they've had discussions and sort of know where one another stands, that's that's always helpful. And then there, there's still time, but the closer a player gets to free agency, typically the more difficult it is to keep them from free agency. And with the way that the the market was this off season, it's certainly a bit more tempting. And I thought it was telling that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. said, "I know who I am. I know my value." So, you know, the Blue Jays are probably going to have to give him a, a, a reasonable market rate in order to get a deal done. Yeah, it's interesting because both sides seem cool with waiting, right? But as you mentioned, like the closer you get to free agency, one side, maybe before the other, will be less cool with waiting and being patient and seeing how everything plays out. Is Vladdy that confident in everything that, yeah, he'll take this down to the wire because it's, you know, as much as he wants to be here forever, I'm paraphrasing, uh, you know, if it gets down to it. Um, maybe he'll jump before. Uh, do you see both these sides just being content for a long portion now, like maybe throughout the season, maybe through the next offseason, with just waiting and seeing where they're at? Yeah, I mean, uh, that seems to be the sense. You know, he said if something happens, great, and if not, uh, you know, that's business, and he understands. And that, you know, like... Again, he, he's got those salaries built into the next two years. And so, you know, the worst case scenario that he blows out a knee and, and doesn't play, you know, he's he's got the two years of salary arbitration that are going to guarantee him essentially uh, life-changing money. So it's not like 
he has to do this, it has to be a deal that makes sense to him. And I think it has to be obviously a, a deal that makes sense for the Blue Jays because they're like, well, we have two more years and we can always negotiate as things play along. We'll get more information. And, uh, you know, if you, you pay a little bit more down the road, so be it. You know, the, you, you're just using all the time that you have available to you. Now, the one bigger picture challenge for the Blue Jays is that not only is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. eligible free agency after the 2025 season, but so is Bo Bichette, so is Jordan Romano, so is Chris Bassett, so are a few other players. A sizable chunk of your team is going to hit the open market all at once. And at that point, you know, if both or if neither Bichette and Guerrero are signed and going into the same offseason, well, at that point, you're starting to get bigger questions about your entire competitive window and what, what direction are you going with with your core. So, you know, that's on the horizon. That's, that's a part of this. And, you know, part of this, too, is it, these deals are, are difficult to get done, and everybody wants to ensure that they're getting the, the right number or number that they're comfortable with, especially if it's going to be for the long term. How much is this season's success or lack of success, and hopefully that's not the case, dependent on how some of those contracts that you mentioned, four or five that need to be done, affect or maybe not even affect uh, what you think might happen? I, I don't think that, that you know, that's hinging or any long-term negotiations are hinging on what happens this season. Right. I think the, the bigger once you get into those sort of longer extensions for, you know, those franchise type players, that really becomes a discussion about sort of longer term value and, and where you see, you know, where you see the sustainability of your window and, and, and your core and how you augment things. So you can't just you, you do that deal for if it's, you know, presumably would be a decade plus, you know, you do that deal with an eye on how you're competing over the entire decade. And one year, uh, you, you know, it's, it's a factor a little bit maybe, but it, it can't, it, it's more in terms of, you know, are we in or are we out on this player mm-hmm. as opposed to are we in or are we out on, you know, the long-term commitment? Well, we can punt some of those discussions down to the offseason, hopefully, Shy. But appreciate the, the good pulse on that uh, and for joining us this morning and talking about home opener and our guy, Kevin Kiermaier, who I think everybody loves so, so far. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. We'll chat soon. Yeah, no problem. And it's kind of funny seeing Kevin Kiermaier become be joined long list of sort of gritty Blue Jays center fielders, right? right. You can think about like Reed Johnson and Kevin Pillar and, mm-hmm. uh, and Kevin Kiermaier is right up there. We've had a, a couple good ones out there, and uh, let's let's keep this one for a while, I hope. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Shai. Have a great day, guys. You as well. Uh, Shai DeVitti, Sports and MLB columnist and insider. Reed Johnson, that is a throwback. I will say, I mean, we kind of touched on it a little bit there, but how, you know, the Bo, Romano, Manoa contracts, how that affects it's everything. of contracts. And it's, it's, and then not like quoting Shy, but he did mention it again last night, like how it does it make it more difficult to get Vlad done? I think it's more difficult to get Bo, Romano, Manoa done if you get Vlad done. Like, which is the first domino, the chicken or the egg or mm-hmm. whatever. It's just like, I... I lean toward taking care of Vlad and making oh, that decision. Exactly the and way. then I think it complicates the other ones, right? I don't think those complicate Vlad. I think the other ones complicated by what you do with Vlad and how much money you're carving out mm-hmm. for 
Vladimir Guerrero Jr. It should be the top area of focus, as you mentioned. But, you know, there's a lot of big decisions. But but I, at this, by the same token, I don't think it's the worst idea to go take it down the line. Like yeah, get yeah. these get these seasons of manageable payroll from an elite, elite, elite hitter mm-hmm. and see where you're at, see how the body holds up, see how everything See how the story's written because there's a lot of assumptions being made, I guess, now based on trajectory and all that stuff. And that's fine. You you know, you can you can use those things to accurately predict the future or at least to a suitable degree. But I think you want to know more and you want to get more and you want to make a decision with all the information that you have at your disposal. And to get that sufficient information, you need to wait. And I, I think it's OK that they wait. Blue Jays back in action for their three-game series against the Detroit Tigers tonight at 7 p.m. on Sportsnet, Sportsnet Now, Sportsnet 590 The Fan, Sportsnet.ca slash 590, and the Sportsnet app. You can't miss it. Beautiful. It's everywhere. Tigers are 2-8. and eight. Jays are 7-4, and four, as we know, um, on the mound tonight. Kevin Gosman versus Eduardo Rodriguez, who's 0-2 in a start with a 6-3 ERA. So... Kevin Gosman has a zero 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 ERA. Yeah, I think uh, definitely definitely a matchup that favors the Blue Jays uh, from both a pitching and mm-hmm. lineup standpoint. We'll see if we uh, circle that in the wake and wake. I might just be going back to the well. I don't think it's a terrible idea. And you got the Toronto Raptors with a lose and you're done situation tonight. Let's hope it doesn't go that way. Raps and Bulls, that's at 7 p.m. as well. It'll be busy in downtown Toronto tonight because they're both down the street from each other. Home at Scotiabank, home at the Rogers Center. So lots to tee up. And we have our Fanex Cup to do. We're going into this with zero research. Is that what's yeah, happening? You've, you've been in like rinks and ballparks the last few nights. Yeah, maybe not the research. I forgot that we were doing it today. So I didn't, I'm going to just wing it. Yeah, let, let's wing it. I mean, we, we, we spent the whole weekend watching the Masters. We know where these guys are That's at. Right. We'll be all right. Just I got play a five-minute commercial break. Gut feels rather than, you know, what the model says yeah, and specific websites. I, I feel like uh, that might get us off the schneid because we've only hit one outright since mm-hmm. the Fanex Cup began. We got the RBC Heritage this weekend, so Justin and I will do our picks for that. You can send in your picks at 595.90. We'll put together a wake and rake. We'll tee up Raps Bulls today and our Fanex Cup march towards we don't even know what the prize is yet continues all right that's next in the wake and rake everything you need to know about the blue jays blair and barker be sure to subscribe and download the show on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts wake up now it's time for wake and rake you could be raking in the dough with your kind of accuracy show me the money with alish and justin five for six this week with our picks Close last night for the Wake and Rake parlay, but Vladdy over bases did not hit. That's okay. Everybody else did. It has quietly been a real good and productive mm-hmm. couple days here for the Wake Justin's and Rake. Justin's getting hot. I think I'm I think I'm uh, six of my last seven. Easy tiger. No, maybe five or six. No, six or seven, I think. It's been a good run. Wow. With these incentive games in the NHL, I'm feeling comfortable. Yeah, it's nice to know when somebody's playing for something. Mm-hmm. Like the Raptors and it helps. Bulls tonight. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, intentions and in, ambitions tonight, I think that's an interesting one. We'll get to that. Let's get our Fanex Cup picks sorted out. But I was talking to you during the break about I feel that I've done this job long enough that I'm ready to add 
golfing into my daily routine. Whoa, whoa. Daily wait, wait, is what, what is but your I job? Need, what is your job after Well, because that? I was always like, oh my God, I got to go home and sleep. I just can't manage this, these Oh, so it's, it's like this. I'm feeling a bit more comfortable this your summer. Your body has adjusted yeah. to the point where you don't think you have to sleep anymore? Well, I think that I could, I can sprinkle in some more golf is what I'm saying. Okay. It's now like what, summer two or three of, you know. Summer two or three. Living in this dream. And I'm like, I'm ready to golf more is where I was going with this. I feel more confident fitting in a couple rounds during the week, during the day. Okay. Instead of waiting for the weekend and standing behind Patrick Cantlay who can't finish a hole in less than three hours. I mean, technically this job sets up for perfect as golf. good as any possibly could. So I'm saying this is the summer where I am really, we're going to go after work and go golfing. Okay. We're going to go every Wednesday. So what? I don't know. I just made that up, but I kind of liked it. Uh, okay. I, every Wednesday might be a stretch, but I'm... Well, if what we, else do you have we every want, Wednesday? Exactly. Uh, nap time? <laughs> See? I'm not a seasoned vet I'm not a seasoned vet. But what I was saying to Justin is this is the summer and maybe the next month where I'm buying a new set of clubs, okay? But I, it's a bit of an overwhelming situation because the clubs I'm currently using are hand-me-downs from my brother Jordan Mm-hmm. And they're men's clubs, which is fine, but they're way too long. And I, yes, I could get them shortened and I could get them all that stuff, but I haven't, okay? Been cheap and. You can shorten a club? Yeah, you can. Whatever. That feels like it would mess up the. I just need a new set, okay? I have never invested into golf clubs yet. I've just used whatever Jordan's left laying around the house. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think you should. I think you owe that to yourself. I do. Especially if you're going to be out there every Wednesday. And I'm not like. I've used ladies clubs before at like a golf course where I've rented them or whatever when we've traveled because as a lefty, as you know, (laughs) sometimes you're slim pickings, but Mm -hmm. I'm up to like, I need some help. I need, I need to go get a fitting. I need to go try some things out, but Uh, I think you need, I think you need like the full, like, you know, like a video game where you got sensors all over you. Like, I honestly think you need that. I don't need a trap, man. You've been using men's clubs. Mm -hmm. So you're used to that. It might completely throw you off if you start using ladies' clubs. However, some sort of hybrid in between yeah. maybe is the best like thing for you. Stiffer flex women's clubs. Like I, I do. This is like a hockey stick. Like you go from 67 flex to 77. You got your P92 curve with Crosby, but then you switch to like a P88. And life changes. I think I don't know if you should go. To, and again, so I think you it. need an expert because I I, an my expert. my hunch is that you shouldn't because. You hit the ball well. We golf together. It was you, all right. You can put it out there, and I don't think you should try to take distance. Like, you can swing men's clubs. Like, it's not an issue. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I think the only difference is they're lighter. That makes sense. And if they're lighter. They're probably pink. And if you can, they're probably, <laughs> or like a teal. But you, you, it's not an issue for you. So you might be voluntarily taking distance off when you can get the club face around no problem. Yes. I, I got to get, I just want to go test out a couple. And I know there's some stores that you can do that. Yeah, any experts need to, you I think, get some text at 590-590. If you can set this up for me. Or just, like, give me some tips. Or just would, some advice. don't need a free session, but I would also take some tips. But, yeah, this is it. I'm going to I'm gonna get some clubs here. I know it's not an ideal time to buy them because you should do that at the end of the season, but I am I got my mindset on doing it, and I'm going to do it. So I would love to get a fitting or something like that, but I'm just simply not good enough. Like Neither it, am it, I, but like, I, I want to, this, might, I, this, this will be would, the set of clubs I use for the next 20 years. Yeah, you should have, like, I have a decent set. Like, there's no problem with my weapons. I am the issue. Uh, but I think with you, of course, like, you mm-hmm. should get something that actually fits for you. And I think it would help. 
Luke from Lindsay says, Senior Men's Flex sounds like a great option. Well, see, there we go. I'm already learning. Senior Men's Flex. Instead, so not stiff, just a men. Do you have a, do you use, uh, are your shafts stiff? That's hard to say. <laughs> are my shafts They probably stiff? are. They probably they are. They probably are, Justin. If it's I, your I brothers. Haven't, I haven't judged. Which is, which is why if you pick up a lady's driver, I feel like it's going to be an gonna issue. It's going to be like, like completely a, throw you off. Uh, a soft spaghetti noodle. In exactly. my hands. Exactly. I'm so kind of excited. Need, I want to try it That's why I think out. you need the full repertoire, the sensors, ever, where your club speed is at. I, th- I think you need the full meal deal is what Okay, I'm so Jim from Keswick, the Wick, says, I used this at a women's clubs for a round and I had no idea. I loved them. I'm a shorter guy and they fit nice and hit nicer. You deserve it. Don't tell anyone. Oops. Hey, you use what works. Okay, so I'm, I, need to, I need to go for four hours to a store and try a bunch of things out and come home with some stuff. So anyway, that's the plan. I'd like to get that done soon because now it's hot and I got, I'm itching to get out there. That'll be an exciting outing. Yeah. I mean, and you deserve it. Yeah. What do you do? Two or three? No, it's two summers, right? Yeah. I, yeah. Now, that, now that you don't need sleep anymore? It's yeah, perfect. I'm a robot now, but I want to get out there and play. So, and also all of our golf talk on the show gets me excited and I'm out there like, hey, if I just watch enough Fan X Cup highlights here. I'll be just as good. Uh, uh, I will say, spoiler, it does not help you. Watching golf does not help you play golf. Jarrett from Halifax says he can help set up a fitting. Fly out to Halifax? (laughs) Send the chopper. (laughs) All right, let's do our Fanex Cup picks while you all inform me on how to get the right clubs. Appreciate it. It's RBC Heritage Open, I believe is the proper. Yes, the Open is this weekend. Um... Some some of the top guys are going back to back Masters and RBC Heritage this weekend, so there are some big names on the board. Um, I believe that I went first for the Masters picks. I did. Yeah, I believe that puts me in the driver's seat. So you can select first, as as we know, we pick two from the top tier, one from the second tier, one from the third tier, and a Canadian. Oh, yep, and uh, I'm seeing two major favorites on the board. Uh, no surprise, Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm. Actually, Rory McIlroy is supposed to play in this event and did pull out for, I don't know if he's given an explanation yet. Probably should have looked that up. Uh, but you're supposed to play these premium events, which this is, and Rory he's will bitter. not be there. So uh, uh, something else to track. But yeah, Scotty Scheffler's the favorite at plus 850, and John Rahm, the Masters champion, at 900. I will skip those two because I need more than $1,000 in my bank account. And don't my my guy. I'm going to go with Victor Hovland. Victor Hovland, 22 to 1. No! I knew you were going to pick him. I love Victor Hovland. Uh, and I feel like Victor Hovland, he's obviously playing well, played really well at the Masters at times, gave away some shots at critical moments, but I think Victor Hovland is at the top of his game right now. That winning has to start happening soon for this young fella. I will go to Victor Hovland, 22 to 1, as my first overall pick. Okay, that's fine. I have a couple other options I like, including... Um... I'm trying to think where you'll go next. Don't do that. Cam Young. Damn, that was where I was yes. going next. <laughs> uh, I feel like it could be the spot for, for this young stud breakthrough victory. Uh, coming up, coming off runner-up at the WGC match play and then top 10 at the Masters. He's looking good. He's looking not like a, like a rookie. You know, he's got a little pep in his step. So I'm going to pick him. He's plus uh, 2,000. So he'll be my first selection. I will take... 
Patrick Cantlay. Uh, a lot of oh, negative press. God. No, a lot of negative press on Patrick Cantlay these days. But he just might be like, you know what? Yeah, I do play slow. And I win when I play slow. He's 12-1. to 1. He would put me in the lead. So I'll take him over Scheffler and Rom. Uh, Rom, maybe he plays and, and wins again. But back-to-back is tough. And Scotty Scheffler wasn't sharp at the Masters. So I'm going to skip him in an effort to try to take the lead if I do do indeed hit an outright. So I actually, sadly, really liked Patrick Haley, and I was trying to pretend I didn't. Uh, he's got top... He's got four top 10 finishes at this tournament, three of which were on the podium. Ooh. So I kind of hate you for doing that, um, but I'm just going to pretend that I don't like his style of play enough to pick him. I'm picking Colin Morikawa, um, and he's looking for his first win of the year. I was big on him down the stretch um, of last weekend, I believe. Didn't get there for me. He's at plus 1,800, so he'll round out my top tier of picks. Okay, so this brings us to the 25 to 50 to 1 range. A lot of big names in there. Max Homa, Tony Finau, Justin Thomas is slipping in these tournaments. He's 25 to 1. I'm going to go with Sung J.M. I don't really have any reason why. I bet him uh, as the top Korean at the Mm -hmm. Masters. I believe he pushed that. Uh, But Sung J.M. had some good moments. I watched a lot of golf from him, and he looked good at times. So I'll just roll with him. I'm with him. Oh, that's terrible. It's pretty good. Um, okay, so he's what, plus 25? Yeah. One? Okay. Um, well, I am going to go Justin Thomas. He... Near tears. Yeah, he had a tough go. He definitely He's still had a got tough the go. Pu- pieces of the puzzle there, man. He just needs to figure it out. And I like a bounce back after a disappointing weekend. He's, uh, he's got he's to bring a little mental fortitude. Yeah, hard to argue with a guy who's usually, what, fifth shortest odds in that range, top five. He didn't make the cut, right? Didn't make the cut. He left. He opened the door for Tiger Woods. Yeah, 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 that's it. That's what I want. He can work on that game those two extra days, uh, get out of that weather, and... uh, (laughs) He doesn't have the flu. Work on what failed him at the Masters. Okay, 50 to 1. Mm-hmm. And up, I'm going to go with Sahit Tagala. He's going that. to win this year, and I will be there when he wins 60 to 1. God, this is where just you're just throwing darts at the wall. Um, all right, so 25 plus. Did you pick Shane Lowry last week? I did. How'd that go for you? He's 30 to 1, though, so you can't uh, you can't pick him. Oh, he's got. we're in the 50 plus, eh? We are. Woof. <laughs> Uh, uh, he was pretty good, though. Should uh, I go back to Gary Woodland? I think you should. 10 to 1. 100 to oh, 1. Oh, 100 to 1. Yeah, I hate when you use it that way. It's plus 10,000. That's yeah. the proper way to say it. Let's just go Gary Woodland for no reason other than I liked him last weekend, and he had a little bit of a showing in the last two days and then fell, fell off and... I'm just, I guess I'm a big Gary guy. So I think this is uh, Gary's show. I like Gary Woodland a lot as well. Okay, well, the go. Canadian, I'll go with the shortest odds just because I'm in that position. I'll take Corey Connors, even though he was brutal. Yeah, he sucked. At the Masters, at least uh, in that last closing stretch for him. Who's next odds for Canadians? I can't see it. We got a Taylor Pendrith. We got uh, Nick Taylor's in the field. Uh, Taylor Pendrith's 250 to 1. Nick Taylor, 150 to 1. Looking for some others here. That may be it. Okay, well, let's go Taylor Pendrith. Okay, 250 to 1. Go with the value there? Yeah. I think there's more upside with Pendrith than uh, Taylor, to be honest. He's 
Pendrith in these like lower level tournaments really pops. I think, you know, the RBC Heritage would be, definitely be a stretch for him to win. Uh, but he has the potential to go low. He's like the first round leader type of guy. When he gets hot, he gets hot. But uh, does he have it for four rounds? Not all, not, not all the time, I should say. So I got Cam Young, uh, Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas, Gary Woodland, and uh, Taylor Pendrith. That's my team. Mackenzie Hughes is also in the field at 225 to 1. I haven't said that guy's him. name in a long time. He was the only Canadian to make the cut, so you should have. Uh, my team is Victor Hovland, Patrick Cantlay, Sungjae Im, Sahit Thigala, and Corey Connors. Okay, best of luck. Um, can you put your numbers in the doc when you're I done? Will. Okay, so that's our FanX Cup look ahead at the RBC Heritage Open. Um, Raps Bowls tonight, obviously, stakes are as high as they have been. You win, you move on, you lose, that's the end of your season, and we start having the post-mortem. Nice. That's a tough one to say. And you got Jays Tigers tonight as well, uh, game two of that series. Now, I'm just going to start with my pick. I'm going Tiger. Or, ooh, Jays on the run line over the Tigers. Uh, that's what I picked yesterday. It hit. I think that uh, you got Kevin Gosman on the mound, which is always uh, a, a sense of security. The Blue Jays bats have been hot. This Rogers Center is looking like it's going to be home run central. Uh, and I like the I like the Jays to continue the momentum at home. This is where they want to play. They're excited to be here. And they have certainly come out with a bang. So I'm going Blue Jays on the run line today against the Tigers. Uh, light schedule in the NHL, but there's one of those matchups that's been working for me recently, which is a team that needs something versus a team that is already thinking about where they're going to go mm-hmm. to in Europe this summer. <laughs> uh, that's the Stars and the Blues. The Stars are trying to keep pace with the Colorado Avalanche. The Blues, their season's been over for a long time now. Uh, Dallas and regulations plus 100 last time I saw it. They need this one, and this pick, regulation for the Stars, has worked for me recently, and I hope that it will again. All right, it's plus money, plus 100. Mm-hmm. I like that. Okay, so let's go through our Wake and Rake picks, put together our anchor, and then talk wraps, bulls, and a look ahead here. So Corey from Port Hope, go figure that basically everybody on the Jays hit the overbase totals last night except for Vladdy when we needed him to. At least Kiermaier, anytime home run at plus 900 hit. That's right, he did say that. Today, I like the Astros minus one and a half on the run line against the Pirates. Yeah, that was frustrating uh, yesterday. Vladdy hit three balls, I think, to the warning track and didn't get those two bases that we needed to catch the wake and rake for the second straight day, but we digress. Uh, good morning, Ailish and Justin. Did I not predict dingers for Springer and Chapman mm. last night? I believe you also had Vlad in a three home run money line, which close. would have been absolutely uh, incredible, uh, but it did not happen. For today, he'll go with that's... Courier, Chris, and St. Catharines. Jay's run line minus one and a half. So he's sharing a brain with you this morning. Nice. I like the support. Um, Justin for St- from Stainer. Wake and rake submission. Kevin Gosman record the win. is plus 100. Wow. I like that. So that's an interesting one. Uh, Tyler from Peterborough. Uh, wake and rake pick for today is Matt Chapman. Two plus hits. Plus 270. He's swinging the hot bat. Yes, he is. And I does, he does not see him cooling down tonight. Good morning, my friends. Today, I'm going Jays on the run line. There we go. And might sprinkle the Marlies on the money line, too. That's Steve from Sutton. The Suttonites here sharing a brain as well. Good morning. First of all, we want to say it was awesome meeting you last night. That's This is Ron and Juliana, and this is directed towards you, Ailish. We brought the Jays good luck last night. Thanks for taking the time to do that. For today's anchor, how can we not repeat what hit last night? Matt Chapman, over one and a half total bases. Jays to win by one and a half. <laughs> if you play go. them both, it's plus 233, Ron and Jules. Um, yes, I was talking about this in the six o'clock hour, but if Ron and Jules weren't up yet, I don't blame him. I got to meet 
our Wake and Rake family members, the, the royal family of Ron and Jules yesterday at the game. We met up uh, at the Corona rooftop, which was bumping, and they came by and said hi, and I got to take a photo and chat, and lovely, lovely family. I'm so glad I got to meet you guys, and I'll always love the support and the text line, and I hope to meet all of our Wake and Rakers down the road. So thanks for coming and saying hi, and keep the pics coming because we're red hot. Good morning, sunshine. I'm assuming that's directed to you. Good morning, sunshine. Keep riding the Matt Chapman train. Chapman to get an extra base hit is plus 205. He's got a 365 average versus Rodriguez with three extra base hits. That's Frankie in Woodbridge. Good morning to Frankie. And it's only directed to you because I'm, I'm never sunshine. Uh, so a lot of Chapman there. Gosman to record the win plus 100. I don't know if we can really pair that with the minus one and a half that you have. At least if we did, it would seriously diminish the odds, I would expect. Astros minus one and a half against the Pirates is really the only other option. This is a heavy Jays uh, wake and rake buffet. I think it's got to be Chapman. I mean, that's where the support is, right? I think you ride the hot hand or the hot bat. It would be frustrating if it's Vladdy tonight when we needed Vladdy last night and Chapman last night when we needed Chapman today. But eh, what can he do? We, he is the hot bat. And if we're banking on anyone right now, it probably should be Chappie. So which Chappie bet do you want to put in? It's probably the over total basis, no? The plus two hits is aggressive. We just need one extra base hit to hit the bases. Yeah. That's uh, probably... So over bases, let's do that. Let's do over bases. Um, do you see it? I'm not seeing it listed yet, but it'll probably be around like... Over over bases might be plus money. I will look for it while okay. you set up the Raptors game. Okay, today. great. So we oh yeah, everyone's saying cha- uh, chapping the text line. So there you go. All right, we'll set together, find out what those odds are, and put together our parlay. But of course, you got the Raptors tonight at Scotiabank Arena. Play in Park is bumping. Raptors five and a half point favorites tonight against Demar Derozan and the Bulls. Let's take a look at some player props because you know that. DeMar DeRozan and co. have a lot to play for, a lot to show up for tonight. Uh, the revenge angle is hot. But the Raptors have been good at shutting him down this season so far. So I don't know. You know, they, everything comes down to this. They had Jakoperto for only one of the two, three games that they played against the Bulls this year. So I wonder how much you think that that makes an impact. And of course, OG is going to have a big role tonight in his defense of uh, what he, he just won the steals or blocks title. He's... It's red hot. So uh, let's take a look at some points totals because I think that this is where the narrative lies. Yeah, the narrative's definitely there. And there is a narrative pick that I have circled here. DeMar DeRozan, 40 points, point milestone, plus 1550. Wow. $10 would win you quite a lot of money there. Uh, that's what I'm going to be playing. Even though OG has done so much to lock down wow. DeMar DeRozan, DeMar has not necessarily had these big games versus the Toronto Raptors. I, uh, the narrative's there, right? The narrative is definitely there. And if he is feeling it and DeMar can be one of those guys that is just whatever you do, the shots going in when he's hot from the mid range, it could be one of those games for DeMar DeRozan. So I'm definitely playing out of like a little narrative hedge thing. I like that. Plus 1550 DeMar DeRozan to hit 40 points tonight. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. All right, Justin, I'll, I'll allow it. You ready? Are we, we we riding this together? We can ride this. Okay. Okay, there you go. This in a, in, a, a, in a Raptors victory. A tightly contested Raptors victory. <laughs> Parlay. <laughs> also, OKC and the Pelicans are tonight um, in your play-in games. Figure out who moves forward to the next 
opportunity, and that would be to face Kyle Lowry if the Raptors do make it through. Speaking of narratives, he was great in the loss yeah. yesterday to the Atlanta he had Hawks. The, the game to- game high points. When too, I like saw 33. it, he was he was leading the Heat. When I saw what the points were at, uh, weird weird game. Did not expect that to happen. A lot of. It was a weird Lakers start. Lakers with a huge comeback. Lakers did OT come back. win, too. I think there was a combined, like, 31 points in the fourth quarter. Like, 12 points scored only for the T-Wolves in the fourth quarter <laughs> in a game where you were in complete control and you can go to the playoffs. Like, what is with that team? I don't know. I'm not feeling extra special about the Lakers either after that effort, to be honest. Did you find the over Chapman bases? Plus 110. Plus 110. All right, let's parlay this up, and then we will give you our wake and rank for today. It's going to start with Blue Jays on the run line. Dallas Stars in regulation to beat the Blues. And then Chapman over one and a half bases. Mm-hmm. Altogether, one second. Got to find a suitable plus 110. Oh, sorry. Ballpark it? I'm giving it to you right now. It is plus 650. Plus 650. That is a good one with two plus money plays in that go. wake and rake. It's an exciting time. We're getting these playoff matches both in the NBA and and in the NHL set. Mm-hmm. We're going to have my favorite. I know I say this all the time, but this is actually my favorite. The Conn Smythe Trophy Award. Oh. Betting on the Conn Smythe Trophy Award pre-flop before any Stanley Cup final is set is one of the most in, uh, interesting things for me. So hopefully we get that before Friday. We're going to get some series bets before Friday. We're going to try to get a basketball betting expert to help us out a mm-hmm. little bit with series prices, hopefully by the end of the week. So a lot of good things Thursday and Friday in the wake and rake before all the playoffs get uh, get underway this weekend and on Monday, of course, with the Stanley Cup playoffs. So any must-wins tonight in the NHL, it's Islanders must-win against the Canadians, right? It's a win-and-in. Not in. a must-win, but a win-and-in. Okay. Uh, well. I guess, you know, you, you, fate rests in their hands after Pittsburgh completely blew it last night versus the Chicago Blackhawks. Stars, yeah, they're trying to keep pace, but yeah, two points would definitely help them. And the Flames and Sharks with the nightcap does not mean anything because the Flames are toast. I like the over in that game, by the way, as well. Do you think it'll two be Two teams with no hockey? motivation. Eric Carlson, maybe he's trying to oh, go, go well over 100 points. Yeah, I could, I could see some uh, some sloppy play and some goals in that one. It's a good time of year to look at what player milestones are on the on the cusp, right? Because if well, someone's... Mitchie's stuck at 99 points. Mm-hmm. And shout out to Mitch for taking that uh, load management session when he's on the cusp of 100. Mm. Uh, I would be a little annoyed, He's definitely probably. playing tomorrow. Looking and he's probably going to get himself a point, but uh, we're definitely playing that tomorrow. All right, we'll tee all that up tomorrow. Uh, Leafs with their final regulation, regular season game tomorrow against the Rangers. You've got Chicago Bulls and the Raptors, 7 p.m. tip-off, and Detroit Tigers here against the Blue Jays. That's 7.07 first pitch. All of that. Busy city of Toronto. We've got play and park. Got, I believe the Vladdy bobblehead today as well, so it's going to be busy downtown. Get there early. Enjoy both viewing experiences. We'll be back on Baby Friday to see if the Raptors season continues another day.